Hello, it's a beautiful sunny day on the internet, and welcome to I Don't oh, Get It. The pop what's, got, what's gotten into you, man? <laughs> I'm just trying to change the narrative, that's all. Okay. All this right. is I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, featuring the delightful open-minded musings of two optimistic mid-40s curmudgeons, staring on the prospect of entertainment irrelevance. I'm your co-host, Mr. Bill Scurry. I am located in the Dutch capital of Amsterdam, Netherlands, the Netherlands. Is it Netherlands or what do they prefer there? Netherlands or the Netherlands? In the language, this is interesting. In the language, it's actually Nederland. Uh, no, not El Nederland? No, Netherlands. no, it's Nederland is the country, Nether, which literally means the Netherlands. And what exactly is Holland? Holland is a province. Holland is like saying Ontario. It's because all our listeners are Canadian. Yeah. So is Amsterdam in Holland? Yeah. It's it is the business the business center of of all of Holland, but Holland but, all, all of Holland is not the Netherlands though. Right. I just feel like a lot of Americans conflate Holland yes. with the Netherlands. They refer yeah. to the whole country as Holland. Is there a reason for that that you're aware of? Uh, well, because most of the Dutch culture that came to the West or further West, I should say, the emin- West, the initial Dutch who went over to uh, the New World were from Holland uh, before it was or around the same time it was kind of incorporated into the Netherlands. Um, and so Holland was the culture they brought with them. And so that became the, uh, the signifier, I guess the metonym, if you want to say, for the country. Right. Also, the so d- are, are wooden shoes from Holland, like all the all the stereotypes, like wooden shoes and stuff? And, and Yeah, they are, but they're not, and- they're not limited to Holland. The wooden shoes themselves were very useful. Once the, once the concept of the wooden shoe was explained to me, I understood, oh, this isn't just a piece of schlock. I mean, it is that this is important to get people to come there and go to the wooden shoe factory and buy the damn things. But like, <laughs> like most things... <laughs> like most things, they served a purpose. They were functional before they were made into something that was a symbol. So that's what right. was interesting about it. But no, the, the wooden shoe is not limited to Holland. The wooden shoe was anywhere farmers worked in mud. They wore the wooden shoe as a measure against trench foot. Trench foot. It's Which early, is a great word. It's the great earliest word. in this podcast we've ever mentioned trench foot, Noah. Yeah, you'd think we would have covered By that. By the somewhere. way, yes, I'm Bill Scurry. And who are you? <laughs> I'm I'm Noah Tardo. Uh, founder and senior quiz master of the big trench foot quiz thing. We do quiz shows specifically <laughs> on the subject of trench foot. Right. No, I, uh, my company's called the big quiz thing. Uh, America's premier providers of corporate and private trivia events everywhere, anywhere, every time, even now. And Noah, speaking of a wet sock and a gradual fungal infection leading to painful chafing, Jesus. our topic Jeez. this week is uh, something that has just launched, just out of the gate. And uh, for something so big, or at least I would say big in terms of capital investment, it's amazing that so few people have heard of it, <laughs> so few people have heard of it, especially considering it's an entertainment option. Everyone right now is watching more shit than they ever have in their lives. And they're looking, I, I assume, intending to find more forms of entertainment. And so this is like a, a, this is a confluence of a lot of different weird things that we're talking about. But I'm also happy to say we are not talking about the, the nascent disaster. We are going to take a zigzag and just literally talk about a cultural thing, which is a great refreshing thing this week for me. Right, right. But, our, it, but it has some relevance. It does, to, it does. But I, I mean, look, every every there is – we are going to be discussing – the coronavirus, you know, pandemic for in some... Yeah, yeah, sure. But textually, it's not about that. That's my point. No, textually, no. 
So the topic this week is Quibi, which is short for quick bites, but Quibi is dumb enough to stand on its own as, a, as an idiotic decision. And, and the name of stupid programs, stupid pieces of software or services, Quibi holds its own with some of the worst of all time. You may be aware of it, may not be aware of it. And, and actually, some of our friends are getting paid to do work by it. So I'm sure some people are very aware of it, as, you know, but that's probably the minority. This is a mobile streaming content app. Uh, and shoot me in the head for saying those words in that order. I don't want to live in a world where I know what that is. It was where, where that that sentence makes sense. I don't want to live in that yeah, world. You you can put the pillow over my head like uh, Will Samson did in, in Cuckoo's Nest, and then throw the sink out the window and run. Fine, call it even. So this thing launched on April six. It's a mobile only for the time being app. Uh, it's the brainchild of Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman. It is a online streaming service. It's, it is a competitor, I guess, to Netflix. If you want to think about it, maybe Hulu. It's, it's strange. It's not. Even, I think it's more. I think it's more a competitor to YouTube. But YouTube is YouTube's democratic, though. I mean, I know that YouTube has a lot of scripted shows, but you can't submit shows to this. No, this you cannot. Is more yeah. in the mold of, of Hulu, Netflix type thing, where this is original it, programming. You know, there's it a, depends it, what angle. I mean, you could really say it's a hybrid of the two in many ways okay yes i mean and the fact that this is designed to be this was transient the idea this was supposed to be mobile only it was only for phone and tablet but it's eventually going to go to desktop these two you know multi-billionaire uh people who work in entertainment katzenberg who was uh, dreamworks katzenberg was disney studios katzenberg was all these things for so long everybody knows katzenberg's name and meg whitman who is hp and you know she's also somebody who's been in the c-suite for a long time so they i think katzenberg was the angel that came in meg whitman's actually the CEO of this thing. They generated a billion dollars. Uh, they started, I think, in 2018. 1.75 billion. 1.75, Jesus. Yes, yeah. that's the, yeah, I believe that's the number, but closer to two than one, my friend. The scratch that you need to begin something like this from the ground up, where it's not, it's it's infrastructure, you need to develop the shape of it, and in addition then to building essentially an entire network's full of content, original content. You have to build it all from the ground up. Yeah, I guess two billion. That's, that's a good way. Rather than feeding people or building, you know, putting mosquitoes <laughs> Nets. This is definitely a good use of $2 billion, right? <laughs> good God, man. So Definitely. We're talking about 175 shows, original programs of, of different gauges. We will get into that. Something like 8,500 minutes of programming, like available either now or within two weeks total. Um, so, you know, this is this has been, they've had the Keebler Elves working on the shit for years for the day one launch of this thing. The programs are mostly under 10 minutes. This is not the standard 35, 40 minute 55 minute length this is not your netflix 13 episode hour-long things this is short form stuff even though it has the the shape the shows that they're doing have the ambition of regular ass tv and the kind of shows that you would see on networks they're chopped up into small forms i mean small runs uh which means you know that means they're paced differently because you need to come the, you know, the, the three-act structure kind of gets thrown out a little bit because you're just doing these eight-minute climax, eight-minute climax, eight-minute climax type things. Um, some of the shows came ready with a whole season. Some of them are sort of breadcrumbing as they go along, week-by-week week drop, depending on what the show is. I don't know if there's any methodology behind it, but that's just, as I've read, one show is like this, the other show is like that. Who the hell knows what the what the you know rationale was? And the weird thing is, again, because this was designed at first for to be on your phone or your mobile device, it has two different different 
editorial orientations. Uh, let me explain this. And maybe you care about this, maybe you don't, but I'm going to make this short. You can watch this thing like you would TikTok or Insta or Vine, where you're holding your phone in portrait orientation. It's been, I'd say, a century and change since anything was built in either a square box or something vertical. So it's very unusual to watch televisual entertainment in a vertical space. If you flop it on its side into the more traditional uh, landscape, it actually gives you a different visual edit. It's a different cut, of not, not content cut, but a visual cut. It's very strange. So there are two aspects to watch it, and it's, you know, your call. I don't know, you, you, some sort of inhuman bloodless ghoul would watch it in portrait because nothing is designed to watch that way. But nonetheless, you do get your option. So our, our fr- friend of the show, Nick Nadell, who has his uh, thumb on the pulse of, I don't know, something, he, he <laughs> recommended that we take a look at this because he's been a font of topics, which I appreciate. And this was like so big and so small that I just completely forgot it. It was completely, I don't get it, fodder. So after having looked at some of these shows, I'm going to hand the mic over to, to, to my, my esteemed colleague, Noah. What do you think of this? What do you make of, of Quibi? All right. So as usual, I need to fill in some of the most important things about this topic that you leave out of your introduction. Yeah, un- so, intentionally. So, so good job, Bill. Uh, so, you know, they launched it with much fanfare they've been talking about it for months obviously they raised a ton of money on april 6th but you know there's been another story in the news and this has thrown a monkey wrench into the into the works for them because the whole idea of this these little 10 minute shows like oh you watch this when you're waiting at the bar for your friend to show up you watch this when you're on the subway on the way to work you watch this you know between meetings blah 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 all these things don't exist anymore this concept of the shows of Netflix or Hulu level, and they've brought in all sorts of celebrities, although a lot of familiar names, as I said to Bill, all the celebrities are the same. They're the people I've heard of, but I don't care about, you know, as to opposed to the people I've never heard of or the people I care about and I've heard of, the people I've heard of and I don't care about. I guess there can also be people I care about, but I've never heard of, but that doesn't make much sense. Um, So they're, you know, B-list or whatever. A lot of familiar names. I mean, you can rattle off some names or whatever. So they're selling a lot on celebrity. You know, they were planning for a world that just doesn't exist anymore. So that's thrown a wrench in their works. The first week this was available, it was in the top 10 most downloaded apps. I believe it's fallen out of the top 100. Yeah, boy. And I saw a few few articles like, it's below some ASMR app. It's below the app to set up your Roku. All this stuff because people aren't on the go anymore. And frankly, I think I read an article that someone said, look, when I want to watch something, I want to watch it on the biggest device available to me. If I'm stuck at home, I want to watch it on my flat screen TV. Barring that, I want to watch it on my laptop. Barring that, I want to watch it on my tablet. All these things when you're at home are available to you. Yes, when you're on the subway, all, all you have is your phone. When you're sitting at the bar, all you have is your phone. Those places aren't being used right now. I think they're the victim of some bad timing. And people are predicting that this thing will be an epic, colossal failure. Although you you seem to think that it would have been a failure even if the epidemic hadn't happened. Yeah, we, could, think, we could get into yeah. that in a minute. Sure. Now, I don't know, you know, maybe. I mean, it's definitely bad timing, but I will give them this credit. They seem to be nimble enough. Whitman's already said, hey, if people want to be able to see it on their flat screen TVs, we're going to fix it so they can. But then what becomes the point, right? I mean, I guess it's the under 10 minutes thing. And they really lead with that. Like when you see the click here to watch episode one of this show. And by the way, there are three types of shows. There's documentaries. There's sort of like news, which is like keeping up. And then there's what they call movies and little chunks, right? Mm-hmm. So whether it's comedies, you know, they have like Shit's Creek type cringe comedies. Game uh, shows, scare- reality. Eh, a few game shows, yeah. Uh, they have 
uh, yeah, reality, I think, are more the documentary ones. I watched the WWE Divas one. But when you click on it, it literally says how long the episode is. Eight minutes, nine yeah. minutes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're really leading with that. What do I think? I've watched six shows. None of them really have me hooked. Well, go through. This is what I was most curious. We haven't... <clears throat> yeah. I left this off the page because I, I really wanted to know what you watched. Because, honestly, the biggest thing I think we can give out from this podcast, not that anyone has to watch the fucking thing or download the app, I think they want to hear what human beings actually regard of these 175 shows, a census for what they are and what they're like. So I want to hear myself what you watched. Okay. So I watched the horror anthology 50 States of Fright. I don't know how many parts in each sub-show are a horror story out of a specific state. And the first one, which apparently has gotten some traction, is uh, about Michigan. And it stars Rachel Brosnahan, uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, as a woman who loses her arm and gets a golden arm. I watched two episodes of that, actually. Um, Not loving it. I think it's pretty bad, actually. Uh, I watched the WWE documentary as they they pair up a a female WWE wrestler with a woman who's struggling in her life as inspiration. Fight like a girl. Thought it was, I don't like reality shows to begin with. uh, This one seems exceptionally fake. Run This Town is a documentary about a 23-year-old guy who was elected just a few years ago mayor of Fall River, Massachusetts, and then was charged with a bribery, extortion scheme, something like that. Seems okay, but... Again, nothing special. Survive is some kind of serious thing about, uh, what's her name, Sophie Turner? Yeah. Uh, She was in Game of Thrones, right? She's uh, a suicidal woman who uh, survives a plane crash. I watched the first episode. They hadn't got the plane crash yet. I'm out. Flipped, I actually watched two episodes of. It's a, again, I'm reminded of Schitt's Creek, Will Fort. Is it Fort or Forte? Tay. Forte, who, you know, I have positive opinions of, and some woman I had never heard of. And they're a fucked up couple who are flipping houses and they get kidnapped by drug dealers that seems comedic enough to me i watched two episodes it's okay i might watch a third and then i watched a game show actually at my sister's recommendation she had listened to a podcast where they said this is the best thing on quibi uh called dish mantled it stars titus burgess they, they have two chefs they put them in like hazmat suits with uh blindfolds and they shoot cannons at them they shoot a dish food at the chef's and based on being blindfolded and tasting things and feeling it, they have to guess what the dish is. Then they have 30 minutes to cook it. Burgess and two celebrity guests, it was a guy from Queer Eye and Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek. They have to taste the dishes and whoever was closest to the real dish wins, which chef. I, that was my favorite. I agree. It was stupid, but I liked the completely ridiculous concept. Titus Burgess is a fun guy, good host. It was entertaining and it seemed to make the most of the 10 minute format because it was such an insane idea thank god it didn't last 30 minutes 10 minutes and done (laughs) so that was the best i'm not saying i'm gonna watch another episode because i don't like shows like that to begin with but i get it and that was fun and it fit the format well so i'm not thrilled with any of these but they're just throwing shows at us like crazy a show you might find interesting sir on the coming soon the russo brothers are producing did you read about this i had heard about it when it was in the offing yeah a documentary about the rivalry between dc comics and marvel comics that i will watch sure uh it might suck but hey, this is one of the strengths of this format. Eight minutes, if it sucks, you're done. So I don't know. I kind of, look, I, I have been one of the many victims the last few years of my attention span has wilted. As much as I love many hour-long shows on Netflix, Hulu, whatever, I do find my mind wandering sometimes. So if there's a show on Quibi that I'm digging, 
I'm going to appreciate the eight minute format. I like the concept. I'm not into the programming yet. And it's kind of a bad sign when they got, you know, currently 50, 60 shows, none of which excite me. You know, give them time. They're working out the kinks. I'm I'm patient with this stuff. As, a, as an entertainment provider myself, you know, I get it. Early on, you know, things are getting ironed out. So I can imagine a world in six months from now, you know, partly why I like podcasts. I can imagine a world in six months from now where I got a long list of stuff on Quibi I'm excited to watch. I'm cool with the concept. So listen to this. Uh, I, yeah. I, I honestly thought that when we went through what we watched, I thought we, because there's so many shows. You I watch the we, exact same shows. I watch four of the same six. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Oh, come How, on. Did that surprises you? It does. I would say I watch ah, Flipped. No, that doesn't I watch 50 me. States of Fright or whatever it is. I watch Survive and I watch Dismantled. On top right. of that, I watched a show called Free Ray Sean, which yeah, I yeah, I, saw so that. I had trouble with that because it's a little bit of like, even though it was it was a show made by Antoine Fuqua, uh, the oh, man cool. who made Training Day, it is ex- exploiting black pain a little bit of of black men chased by cops. I had some friends who were really hyper vigilant about this in in media, like when when black pain is kind of co opted right. for a dramatic thing, and I'm like, yeah, I get it. It's anyway, less said about that, the better. And and I, the, I, here's the thing, actually, I like the most. I'm not inclined to watch more, but something called Game Show, G A Y M. Oh yeah, you know what's funny is I saw that in the listings, but then when I when I flipped through the available shows, it didn't pop up. Um yeah, well it's under Game Show, I guess. Yeah, but I guess I'll, I'll you, you can search for it easily. It resembled because it is a that in particular was a production of Jax J A X Media which is a a company that has a New York based they're in Chelsea and they did Broad City they've done a bunch of stuff and so this had the look of a lot of their products so it kind of hit the ground running and it was a game show that seemed highly scripted where two comedians came out and they were almost like drag racing against each other under the tutelage of two other people it, it is almost like packed to the rafters with quips so it was funny it filled your 8 minutes with something that was consistent consistently funny and they were charming people in fact uh, Bowen Yang from SNL was there as one of the uh, judges and so was Alana Glazer from Broad City who's one of Jack's clients yeah flipped I thought was boring like you said the concept just having Will Forte there wasn't weird enough for me and so I watched one episode 50 States of Fright was actually directed by Sam Raimi a man who yes yes came came from a Michigan madman you know he started his whole Evil Dead career there and this was a horror show that involved a a brutal uh, dismantling you know, this yeah. this had a certain amount of gore to it. Survive, yeah, that looked that really looked like an NBC show, a sort of melodrama about damaged yeah, people. You know? I, I didn't, I didn't care. It was so oh, just, it was like, who gives a shit? And, I mean, and, I kind of want to watch the second episode because I want to get to the goddamn plane crash. Too late, which no, is the concept that appealed to me. But no, but that's it. And it's like, I, I'm sorry, we're talking about 16 minutes is being too much. And. Yeah, <laughs> But I mean, that's but they 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 introduced this. If you don't, you know, if you don't hit the ground running, and look, we didn't talk about what the Apple. Remember the Apple? What is the Apple Network? Apple TV, um, the one that came out at the beginning of the year or the end of last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't keep up. Right, but that thing hit the ground with so much money, and Apple. You know, again, created infrastructure and got people and put them into contracts for a while and sucked up a lot of A-list talent to make TV shows. And it came out and it thudded. Nothing landed. It was all half-baked. It was half-assed. Nothing stuck. The the biggest thing that came out of it was that Steve Carell morning show thing with Reese Witherspoon. Oh and that God, I barely heard of that. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, and Jesus. that was Apple's, and like Apple spent the same thing, two or three years of germination trying to make a network, and it came out 
nothing happened. You got to come out strong. Like you have to win. Like you have to have your best thing. Has to be the very first thing I see. And the same thing applies to Katzenberg and Whitman. Like I need to see the best thing you got. Not something that I got to give four or five episodes and then fucking do a podcast with you about just like ripping down the rest of it. I, you have to win me over. I mean, I, I, I'm not the target audience. Sure. I'm, I'm a, a 61 year old eunuch, but I don't think this distinguished itself. Just I'm just saying strictly on the basis of what you will see on this. If anyone's inclined to watch, you will just bump into things like we, you know, we have randomly picking up shows. Oh, look, Lawrence Fishburne's in, in Free Ray Sean. Oh, uh, uh, what is it? Kristen, what's her face uh, from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is the wife in, in Flipped. Oh, Kate, that's who she is. Caitlin, Caitlin Olson. Olson yes. Yeah. Every now and then they pluck some A-list talent to do these things. In addition yeah, yes, to like, people are an A-list. Well, Lawrence Fishburne, I think, is on the A-list. Mm, you know, these guys have been around for a while. He, he used to be A-list. Yeah, what well, a stupid argument. Anyway, my. My point is, is that here's the difference is that. All right. So the other thing that was in my notes was that they do say fucking shit a lot. Oh, and that's important. Yeah. Well, I, no, I because I you, you can't hear that at home these days. The thing I don't quite understand is that some of the streaming services like CBS All Access is taking it on the chin because now they have like Captain McCard saying fuck in the Patrick Stewart show and, and things like that. Uh, you know, and it's like people don't want to hear. People really? They f- do. Captain McCard is saying fuck. he doesn't say fuck, but people, everyone around him is peppering. Their, if they're in the engine room, you have like of, fucking Klingon saying fuck on that show. Really? The people, it's dumb. It doesn't really work, but that's their yeah. way of being edgy is by, ooh, Star Trek that says fuck. This stuff looks like everything else on NBC. It looks like melodramatic TV, except it's chopped up into smaller forms. And again, I mentioned that there was some there was some brutal gore. There was CGI. Oh, one moment. One okay. moment on that damn show. It, the end of the first. I, I mean, I only made it to two episodes, but the end of the first episode, one moment of gore. Okay, she got her fucking arm. First of all, yeah, crushed, it was gory. What, and then chopped I know, up. I'm impatient. Ooh, I watched 16 minutes and there was only one moment of no, gore. No, no, but all right, but here's my point, though. I guarantee you there will not be a single bare breast on this app. I guarantee you there will not be nudity. They will make this sexless, <laughs> but they will not double down, but they hey, will make an exemption for, it, for it, brutal violence. If you want short videos of nudity on your phone, you, you're all set, my friend. You're, you're, you're taken care of. By the way, one thing we say, Quibi is not free. There's a 90-day free trial, which yes. is very generous. But there are two subscription tiers, I believe, four ninety nine with ads and what eight ninety nine without ads. Something like that. So yeah. it's cheap, but it's not free. Is this it for us? We're destined to be two people with vision living amongst the blind. This is not our destiny, Cricket. Our next question usually is why is this popular? Now it's arguable whether this is popular. You know, it's certainly looking like this is quote unquote in trouble. So this reminds me of a few months ago when we talked about Cats, the movie Cats. Because it kind of, it had bombed, but it felt worthy of talking about anyway. Because even though it wasn't popular, it uh, was being talked about enough. It was infamy. It was infamy. It was infamy. So you can make the same argument for Quibi here. Although I would hesitate to call this a failure yet. Yeah. Uh, So why do you think, however as many zillion people downloaded it the first week, fine. Why do you think people lost interest? Why do you think Katzenberg, Whitman et al. saw this as something worth doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on? All the celebrities who signed on? People like us in our demographic, um, and, you know, we we do observe media. I mean, depending on what level we pay attention to it. Anything that comes with a, like a gigantic VC splash th- this size, I think is worth uh, two uh, old 
curmudgeons talking about because this is kind of our ball game you know we we this is this is our metier we, we do talk about bullshit like this um even if it's just a glancing conversation it kind of the size of it is too big to ignore and it does what that does is then it leads itself to infamy where you, you're gonna have one of two things either it's gonna hit the ground running and be a splash a success that everybody gives thumbs up to or it's gonna be a failure that's why this sort of earns the this it earns the discussion it earns the the level of popularity other than podcasts that i listen to and a few articles i've read i don't know anyone who is eating this right now and people aren't actually using this to quote one of the youtube comments that i saw which is fairly acute in this case they said this is what a baby boomer thinks a millennial wants <laughs> right this, this uh, millennial oh, come on we, we can't make that mistake people say millennial to mean Okay. Super young people. Millennials are now in their 30s. Yes, that's true. Yeah. It's what, okay. ge- whatever, a generation uh, Gen- tilde. Yeah, you, you, know, you know what I hate about those. You know yes. how I feel about those terms. But. but I think that this was designed to fit like somebody coming, like what we don't need is another television network. It's partially to me why it's popular is because it's it's so redundant the slate of programming if we had just gone through this reading off the pitches and we asked each other which of these is real and which of these is fake you know (laughs) like i know a lot of them do sound made up yeah this is no i mean i came up with the masked singer again because the masked singer could very well have been a show on this app very much yeah in fact one of my complaints about the masked singer was that it, it felt too long yeah, that's a show that really would benefit from ten minute episodes. I think. One of the, you know, yeah, if I said yeah, to you totally. one of the pitches is who can fart the loudest, you would say, yeah, that's probably <laughs> on Quibi, you know. And it's like, oh, it's not that stupid. Come on. But there's a lot of things that are that stupid. I thought the Titus Burgess show where they were launching food at a cannon at people. Really, you just, didn't like that? I thought it was dumb. I thought it was. I, just, thought, I mean, it's dumb, but it's fun. Dumb. I didn't think it was fun. Uh, dumb. I thought it was fun. Dumb. And Titus. Burgess I mean, I'm not gonna. Wa- I'm not gonna watch it again. I'm sure for a couple of months in there, it was like, got a pitch? Fuck it. Here's a quarter of a million dollars budget. It's like, my guess is that's what what this was. It was like they just accepted any pitch. Probably wasn't a lot of quality control. They thinking, well, let's just just fucking pepper this thing with as much shit as possible. We're cutting cords. We don't want more networks. I think what we want is a consolidation of networks. Like there's already too many options. And to pick on Netflix what's worth watching, you already can't find what's worth watching on Netflix. And that's the problem here, too. On day one, there's already too much stuff to pick through, and there's no way for you to find the thing that you might actually want to see. And these are the reasons why I was interested in talking about it with you, just because there is so much... I mean, it's junk, but it's like it's worth discussing the junk of our time because it's it's a signifier. Look, I, I, like I said before, I, I'm not going to write it off yet. Yes, they suffered from the pandemic totally upends their whole reason of being. I don't know enough about media and media consumption habits, really, despite all the bullshit I talk, to know whether this would catch on. I mean, I might be enough of an old person to think, yeah, this is what kids want, the short hits. Personally, I feel like YouTube kind of covers that. Right? Yes. Oh, yes. Like you, you have. Hey, you want to watch a show? You have Netflix. You have Hulu. You have you know Amazon Prime. You have everything, everything, everything. You want to watch a little video? You don't want to watch a show. You want to watch a music video. You want to watch a meme. You a want cat. to watch a TikTok. Yeah, you want to watch a cat. Yeah, you want to watch whatever these things that YouTube excels at. You want to watch some schmuck in his home doing something for amateur level, not the quote unquote high level. That being said. As I mentioned, they're showing some flexibility, A. B, I am one of many victims of the short attention span. I could see myself really cottoning to the eight-minute format, starting to need that, starting to want that, starting to feel more comfortable with that. I mean, that's kind of harrowing, but that might be the truth. And then there's this. The quarantine, I've said it many times to everyone, is the biggest thing to happen to 
America since World War II. This is going to, I know you don't think so, but I think in many ways this is going to change everything. And media and media consumption habits are among that. So if there has ever been a time that the way people consume entertainment is going to change wholesale. I mean, it, I was talking about this the other day. My friend Colin Locasio, who manages an AMC movie theater. I don't know what's going to happen. What the fuck is going to happen to movie theaters? Because even if they become safe again, are people going to view them as safe? I think this is the moment for Quippy or anything else to take advantage of how entertainment consumption is going to change in massive ways, many of which we can't even predict yet. I also think, yes, the quality isn't there yet, but they're ironing out the kinks and people are going to be patient. Standards are low now. <laughs> Comparatively, this is something I benefited from. So give them time and they might, you know, have a roster of 100 shows, 50 of which will appeal to any one particular, let's be 20 of which will appeal to any one particular person. So, you know, I see a lot of potential here. I think it would be very foolhardy to say this is a disaster now. Because these people are smart. They are, I mean, maybe I'm up there with a the baby boomer saying, and this is what kids want, but this is what somebody wants. And if they roll with it and they're smart about it and they're lucky about it, they could ride the wave. And we could be living in a world five years from now where Quibi is Netflix, Hulu, YouTube, Facebook, you know, combined. Your larger, your larger argument is correct. I just don't think this is the guy. I, you're dead on. You, you you're think, absolutely, you you're think, absolutely dead on. Do you on. mean literally the guy Katzenberg or the guy Katzenberg and Whitman together or the guy Quibi? Yeah, the guy Quibi. Quibi's not Why? 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 Why not? Because what are they missing? What are they missing? Basing it on my argument, and don't tell me the shows aren't good because, again, I've said people are going to give them time to go through growing pains, I think. This is coming through all those um, glass towers in Century City and Burbank. You know, this is this is being extruded through the traditional shape of TV, even though it's people who have worked in traditional media for decades trying to make it seem like they're being hip and cool, like, like Dr. Evil doing the Macarena, you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I just, they're not, they're not native to this. I mean, and, but it's like you can't trust two billion dollars to a bunch of kids who are running a startup somewhere in in Malibu or or in Santa Monica. You, you unfortunately, you need Meg Whitman, somebody who ran HP. To, so it's it's in this. Um, you know, this dichotomy, this dichotomous world of what do you do? You need these people who are the entertainment gods who've been around for 30 years. And then you also need people who are shape smashers, you know, iconoclasts, people who say, fuck the rules. Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman are not going to invent the future. Somebody will. And it might look a lot like this. And I think that this is, if anything, this might push the paradigm a little bit closer towards what mm. it eventually will be or the various things that it will be maybe not one thing in particular but so Quib quibi quibi might be the friendster yeah something very chopped up short yeah. form narrative of high quality i like that I, maybe maybe i mean look i'm saying it's a big question mark i'm not saying this thing's gonna be huge i'm saying this thing could be huge nobody asked for quibi Nobody, that is, except for Jeffrey Katzenberg, the co-founder of DreamWorks Pictures and the famed Hollywood producer. No, I think back to uh, six and a half years ago when you were a small child. Would this have appealed to you at all? I imagine it would have appealed to me more in that I would be more familiar and fans of some of these celebrities because they are from, you know, these, quote, newer shows you know, like, I, I just know that Sophie Turner woman is from Game of Thrones. All right. You know, if I and were younger. She played younger, Jean Grey, too. She was in the two X-Men movies, for what it's worth. Oh, so I guess I saw her in those. Okay. I saw one of those, I think. I saw yeah. one. I don't think both. Anyway, so I'd be more familiar 
am more a fan of these celebrities. Um, although I'll tell you, I I am I do consider myself a fan. as much as I didn't like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, <laughs> I like Rachel Brosnahan. I mean, partly just because I think she's talented, and I really enjoyed her episode of Saturday Night Live, and I just thought her thing on freaking that that horror golden arm thing she was just awful yeah yeah uh i might care more about you know the this specific type of programming that's more like modern tv tropes and all that would be more in in line with my where my head is i'd be more a fan of sitcoms like flipped you know i grew up watching freaking happy days so i think somewhere deep in my brain i i'm not as big a fan of you know the sitcoms about everyone is awful you know, I'm not. <laughs> it is kind of the model these days. Well, right? it's. I mean, look, I there. I I like to. I didn't love it, but I liked Arrested Development. Yeah. So I just think this would be more. You know, in my headspace if I were in my 20s now. Look, give me a, the DC Marvel thing. Give me a concept I like, and and there's a very low bar of entry to try these out. I'll tell you, I think of this not in terms of the content, but the form. You know, like. Yeah. Okay. This, for the, it hinges on for me whether, as a kid, I would be on the phone or not on the phone because I'm not a phone user. I have a phone. I'm not a phone user for media now. It is it is utility, but I don't take in media on my phone. Unless I'm on an airplane and I'm flying across the Atlantic or when at some point you can do these things back in the old <laughs> days when we had biplane flight and we'll get back to it someday. I don't take in media on the phone. It's not my. It's not the ideal way to do it. If as a kid I wound up saying, oh, I, I'm, I'm watching it off my desktop, you know, like I'm taking in media as an adult off of my desktop. That's how I'm doing it. So if I was this version of me as a younger kid, you know, and I don't do Instagram, I do social media, but I do all that shit on desktop. I'm not phone based. Then this thing would, would just thud. It, it would not have grabbed hold of me because it wouldn't have mattered. I'm not going to play the game. However, there's no way I can say for certain that as a kid, I wouldn't be phone centric. So in that case, I don't think that's, I don't think the content, because I mean, it didn't matter. I watched whatever when I was a kid, I watched, you know, HBO if it was on or USA Network or NBC or Comedy Central, whatever they were throwing, there was always things to find. So I think for sure I would have found something here or I wouldn't think of it as a sort of bastardized venue. I have this feeling now that because it's on my phone and it's a phone and it's phone exclusive that it cheapens it for me. That's not fair, but that's just the way I think of everything mm. that was on this thing. But that's an that's an old guy thing, man. It is. Oh yeah. That's total old guy thing. But I mean there were certain channels when I was a kid that if it was on that channel it was trash. It was cheap. You know, like I said, USA Network in particular, but I still think of it as it's a sleazy place that yeah. plays uh, right. USA Gilbert, God- <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried introducing <laughs> some, you know, big boobed women chasing each other around a spaceship or something. <laughs> totally, yes. totally. And so no matter how, like, that is something they have to live with. You're stuck in my head as being seen as an, in- an illegitimate form of media. I binged everything this app had to offer opening day. And sadly, it came off as rich people YouTube. So, Bill, is the arguable success or potential success or merely existence and pre-success, you know, all the money they raised, the celebrities they brought on board, is any of that a sign of the apocalypse? No. What it is a sign of is that you still have all these old dinosaurs in media, people who were very successful in the 80s and more in particular in the 90s, who are still sticking around and 
have this impression of where they think programming is going. And so they are wedded to old models. Thinking that, for instance, uh, who is it, Will Arnett? Yeah, Will Arnett hosts a show on this. I didn't watch it. He hosts a show on the network that's a lot like um, that uh, uh, Tosh, I think Tosh.0. It's like, I think he hosts this thing where they're just looking at videos. Everything about this looks like this is a facsimile, a simulacra of something else that was popular six years ago. And they thought, oh, well, let's put Will Arnett in there. People love him. And it's like, no, people don't really love him. People have a grading relationship with they, him. They know on. him. That's that's the thing. There's so many celebrities. It's not like I like him. It's like, oh, I recognize him. And that becomes enough to sell someone. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, right. And it's like, as opposed to the celebrities that you and me both know are actually moving the needle. Like, at no, there's no Mr. Beast yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like the people who actually... <laughs> oh, Jesus. He's moving the needle. The sad fact is he is. Mr. That's, Beast... That's why we're going to hell. Mr. Beast is bigger than any one of these shows. Is, yeah, is, probably. Is going to be viewed by any by a, an audience that's going to dwarf any one of these shows. Oh, jeez. And the thing is, is that... Uh, can't, they want the people, you know. Jeffrey Katzenberg wants those people, but they just—they have no idea how to get to Mr. Beast any more than yeah. we do. You don't need celebrities. Like Jack Black isn't showing up on Mr. Beast to do a little walk-on to give away rolled-up T-shirts out of a pneumatic cannon. No, you don't need that. Mr. Beast shows up and does it himself. And it's like, that's what they don't understand. They're trying to hit the target in the future. But what they're doing is they're shooting back into 1998, you know, and that it's not a sign of the apocalypse. It's just a sign of, of backwards or, you know, retrograde thinking of this, this sort of ancient impression of what entertainment is. As, many, as much as you have all these young MBAs who are coming into um, all these, again, glass turreted uh, offices in Burbank and Glendale, they're still engaged in old thinking. Well, uh, I think it might be the apocalypse because, again, I think this could work. And, you know, I feel in my mind, I feel my inability, how I have trouble reading a book these days. How I, as much as, like, I just binged, I don't really binge, but over, you know, two weeks, watched the new season of Ozark, which I was sure. yeah. pining for. And I loved, as much as I loved it, the 50-minute episodes or whatever... I would see my mind wander, and I preferred watching them in chunks. So this says to me, if someone makes something as good as Ozark in 10-minute chunks, I'm going to be on that. And the shortened attention span is a fucking problem. And if it's a problem for me, imagine what it's going to be for the next generation and the generation after that. I'm not saying it will, but if Quibi becomes the number one thing, then no one's going to be able to focus on anything beyond six, seven minutes. I mean, we've been seeing... <laughs> I mean, people are complaining about that shit because of MTV, and it's laughable now that MTV was encouraging that. MTV sounds like a Russian novel compared to what we have now. I know, yeah. MTV is, is a Tolstoy book. Uh, so, yeah, this could be a side of the apocalypse, sure. I, I mean, it could also be a side of the apocalypse if it catches on without the shows getting any better. If fucking this stupid story of the golden arm becomes, you know, held up there with Rosemary's Baby and Texas Chainsaw Massacre as a work of horror genius. There are too many things about Quibi that in practice make it almost annoying for me that I will not be using Quibi in the future. No, and finally, uh, we're in our last segment here, which is the jealousy segment. I'm trying to wrap yeah. my head around how we might... Uh, figure this one out. Is there oh, I got that... an answer, my friend. And you should know this better than anyone. So, as I will mention at the end of the show, if you want more from me, you could check out my other podcast, The Big Quiz Things Daily Trivia Dosage. Every weekday, I give you a quick five-minute shot 
of trivia from the Big Quiz Thing storied trivia archives. Why isn't Quibi offering me money to put my fucking trivia show on Quibi? Fair enough. Yeah, this would be the venue for it. You're not wrong Wouldn't about that. Wouldn't that be perfect? And I'm jealous that inevitably there is going to be a fucking trivia show on this. And it's going to be some shitty celebrity who's never done trivia before. Or even worse, it's going to be one of my competitors. And I'm going to be jealous of that. So I am... I am jealous that I'm not there. I'm preemptively jealous of whoever ends up being there and takes my, quote unquote, my place. You know, it makes me think because what I have in my notes here is that obviously I wasn't trying to pitch a show, although I'm sure some of my friends back in New York City had been. But I do know some people who are working on the, um, you know, the cat, the crew side of it. You know, they were working in the craft. So I could see being jealous of, you know, here's here's a venue either for employment or, or, ve- or you know, venue for, for exhibition and you don't get in there. Now, yes, that I, it less me as a show creator, but more as somebody who is looking to edit or do something on the production. I could see being jealous of uh, this entire thing. Again, you needed to have another friend or a fucking uncle in the business or it's another closed room you can't get into. And I'm, I have no doubt that the these jobs were very hard to get, and they probably went to the same 10 people that they were going to anyway, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, so our final segment, the other half of Jealousy here, is the Felonian scale. Jimmy Fallon as the zero base of everything horrible in the universe. Uh, Noah, do you have somewhere, do you have a, a, a XY Cartesian coordinate of where this falls on the Felonian scale? N slash A, because it depends. Come back in six months. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I don't remember what I said about cats, but well, I liked cats. I was that yeah, one you, person. You were into uh, cats. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, what I'm saying is it depends on how successful it is. But I don't know. I did express an opinion. I'm, I'm making this up as I go along, dude, as we do every week. Um, <laughs> little behind the scenes fact about making of I don't get it. I guess part of the end slash A2 is like I, I think the form is interesting. I am willing to give them a lot of latitude in terms of the content. Look, if this is what the content is looking like in a year from now, this thing sucks beyond words. You know, it's just above the thing that is tr- the stuff that's truly malignant. You know, your, your Jimmy Fallon's, your Smosh's, your Ryan's worlds. But I'm willing to give them a lot of latitude because A... I'm feeling a lot of that now with, you know, working out, I'm doing all these virtual games and a few weeks in, we're doing a lot of them, but we're still learning something new. Hey, you're, you're writing new rules. You're absolutely right. Right. Writing new rules. So especially now I'm willing to give people a lot of, a lot of room for growing pains. Mm-hmm. Show me that smile again. Sorry. Well, I, I have an A, a slash A, not the N slash A. Okay. I'm rounding, I'm rounding this entire exploit, this misadventure down to the mass Singer. That's why I mentioned it earlier. Oh no, the, Mass Singer's way better. I don't think so. I thought the well, Mass Singer is I don't way better, but I like if Mass Singer was on this, it would be my favorite show. The Mass Singer was a hokey concept. It was gaudy. I thought, you know, like anytime you, you pull um, Toya Jackson and, and Terry Bradshaw or whomever, and you put a giant deer head or a giant eight ball and had them sing a song through a vocorder and then have Jenny McCarthy pretend to be a gog listening to whatever the hell song they were singing. That's not what's on here, but I feel like this has to, everything on Quibi has to be rounded down to that level. It is a combination of spectacle. It's a combination of art that's not going to last. It looks like short-term 
executive boardroom thinking. It's nothing designed to fill the garden with seeds later on. It's just designed to pick all the fruit off the tree today. All right, Noah, I think that brings us to the end of yet another show. We've uh, wasted our time and our life on junk. We'll, we'll never get this back, and the audience will never get this time back I'm either. I'm telling you, great. I am predicting if Quibi is still here in six months, and God knows what will still be here in six months, including us, including American society. <laughs> if Quibi is still here in six months, there will be at least two shows that you will never miss. That you will wait for. That you will be excited to watch. And now there'll be two shows out of 800 shows. But you will be, oh my god, I'm I'm Jones. Oh, it's here. The new episode of whatever. There will be two shows that you, Bill Scurry, will be eager to watch. If Quippy is here. If Quippy is gone, you know, the bet's off. We'll, we'll, we'll come back around. We'll discuss this All eventually right, we'll, into the we'll future. Do, we'll, we'll, gl- we'll get a glance and blow at it. So look for our past episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. Larger, classier, reputable feeds of podcasts. You'll find us there, as befits two classy dudes. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us at Noah and Bill Don't Get It at gmail.com. And no, I forwarded you an email. The guy who started the COVID hair thread yes, actually... Yes saw it that was the first time we've had this sort of uh, and uh, no, 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 the, uh, the, yeah right the, the, the canosexual Cana, yeah. Cana yeah so yeah. Yeah, the, the, the serpent eats its own tail yet again and we, we prove it I'm on Twitter at William Scurry and boy am I ever I am on Twitter all the time <laughs> what the hell else do I got to do I am my video content is on youtube.com slash amcaesar and Noah will plug 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 and plug yet again oh I'm all about the big quiz thing bigquizzing.com we uh, you know, since 2002, we've doing, been doing America's finest corporate and private live trivia events, occasional public events, and we are some lucky mofos because, uh, you know, we pivoted to the virtual format and it's working out great. Uh, April's going to break records for the number of events. Uh, so, you know, and we'd love to have you join our roster of wonderful, awesome clients. Go to BigQuizThing.com. Learn all about our virtual game format uh, and hire us today. Uh, we're also doing quite a few events for um, charitable causes for either free or extremely low cost. So if you are one of those causes and don't tell me you're broke, that's the cause. Uh, if you are aligned to the charitable cause, right now I'm working on a big event for a, um, a homeless shelter in Annapolis, Maryland tomorrow. Uh, I'm friends with someone on the board, so it works out that way. But we are available for your charitable organization's fundraising event. Uh, So go to BigQuizzing.com, learn all about it. And yes, with the help of Mr. Scurry here, I do have another podcast, the Big Quizzing's Daily Trivia Dosage. Every weekday, a quick five-minute hit of three questions from the BQT's legendary trivia question archives, hosted by me, Fun Delight. Uh, You know what? Maybe that's hurting us. Maybe we're like Quibi. The whole idea of this podcast was, you know, five minutes a day, you just get it on your way to work. Mm-hmm. And maybe we're suffering because of the quarantine. It could that be. Did, that didn't occur to me. All right, but I'm a sucker, and I have no backers or investors to please. So I'll just tough this out mm-hmm. until the quarantine's over, and we'll find out. So I might outlast Quibi with zero <laughs> investment money. How about that? <laughs> So um, until next week, everybody, uh, we really appreciate that everyone listens, uh, whomever they are. Podcasting is it's tough, you know, finding the time to do what you used to do back in the old days. I know because I'm listening to fewer podcasts myself, but uh, we appreciate that you're within the sound of our voice. And if you talk, we'll listen. And if we talk, we expect you guys to listen, too. So <laughs> we don't get it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2020.